0: Once again, it's time for And Now the Good News, a weekly exploration of the good news happening in the world. Hi, I'm your host, Reverend Robert Brzezinski, and each week I explore and share the stories of hope and love and inspiration that have caught my eye in the past week. We'll explore exactly how we can create a world that works better for everyone. So get ready. It's time. And now... The Good News. And hello again, dear ones. Reverend Robert Brzezinski with you here again, episode number 49 of And Now the Good News. That weekly look at a handful of the good news stories that have made it into my world and that I believe will exemplify the fact that we really are creating a world that works better for everyone. I want to share with you right off the bat here today. We're going to go through some changes here on the program. After about a year of doing this now, episode 49, doing this for 49 weeks, uh, we're going to start making some changes. Number one, we're going to publish on Saturday mornings now rather than on uh, Monday mornings or Tuesday mornings as we have been. I'm going to expand the format a little bit as well. And my intention is to be able to cover more stories each week to, so again, support you in recognizing and finding the stories that remind us we really are creating a world that works better for everyone. So let's jump right in today. Uh, first up, Bill de Blasio, mayor of New York City, makes Juneteenth an official New York City holiday beginning next year. Every city worker, every student, will have an opportunity to reflect on the meaning of our history and the truth and to think about the work that we have done, that we have to do ahead, said de Blasio made that statement last Friday. This is great news, folks. You know, it, it includes the fact that uh, I do want to note that New York state governor Cuomo made Juneteenth a holiday for state employees uh, and said that he would push to make it a holiday for the entire state. Uh, so this is great. This is a big step forward. And uh, just as I was starting to record this, I saw a post that Kamala Harris has introduced a bill in the United States Congress to make Juneteenth a national holiday as well. So you've got my vote on that one, folks. Let's make this a national holiday and bring a little more equity to our holiday system as well. Other good news, this one's also really unprecedented. The Louisville, Kentucky Metropolitan City Council went to a vote the other night and it was a unanimous vote, 26 to zero, to pass the Brianna law. Now, what this does is it, uh, bans no-knock police raids in the state of Kentucky. You may or may not know the name Brianna. Brianna Taylor was killed in a police raid when, uh, officers executed a no-knock warrant on her home. Uh, the people they were looking for hadn't lived in that home for quite a while. Uh, Her boyfriend thought they were being robbed and fired a shot, and three officers just unloaded into the apartment. Brianna uh, was killed in that incident. I did also hear today, and I don't have confirmation of this, uh, but three of those officers are now facing criminal charges in that case. Uh, We'll have to confirm that for you. So, However, this is a great step forward. Uh, Congratulations, Louisville, Kentucky. You, you did something that's really I believe is a great step and I've had this conversation a lot this week. There are, are no silver bullets, folks. We're not gonna cure all the world's ills and we're not gonna change everything we need overnight. It's not gonna be a one uh, event kind of thing. Uh, it takes a lot and lots and lots of little actions, lots and lots of little events to create wholesale change. And this next story is another one of those. Now, this happened over in London, and there was a Black Lives Matter protest. Now, as is customary, there was a counter protest. And what happened is one of the counter protesters uh, was injured in a scuffle. And one of the Black Lives Matter protesters, a uh, gentleman, Patrick Hutchinson, uh, you may have seen his face around social media this past week. He he picked up the man, carried him out of the scuffle, and moved him off to the side of the event, uh, was able to hand him over to the police and, uh, and emergency assistance. The police and the emergency assistance said that he was a hero for doing this. If uh, Hutchinson said that he was afraid if he left the man there, the man was going to die. Uh, this is... A really, really, really great story. And I'll leave links so you can check out the videos of this. Uh, and as listeners of the program know, I get most of my stories over at the goodnewsnetwork.org And I'll make sure that there are links to all the stories from all the outlets I use today in the show notes for this episode, so please do check them out. Now, here's another great story that I found uh, coming out of this recent racial justice protesting that's happening. Uh, this one happened in Buffalo, New York. Antonio Gwyn Jr. was uh, wasn't so much involved with the protest as he was just dismayed by the damage that he saw that was being caused. Uh, And uh, so he set out to do a cleanup and he just went out and started cleaning up. Uh, Eventually, an organized cleanup crew arrived on uh, what they're saying here, Bailey Avenue. And Antonio had already done quite a bit of work. He actually started at two in the morning and worked through till uh, a 10 hour shift cleaning parts of Buffalo. Uh, Word spread fast. Uh, News report got a hold of it. Another gentleman saw the report and that gentleman, Matt Block, he had a 2004 Mustang convertible that he wasn't sure what he was going to do with. And so he gave it to Antonio, which is kind of wild because Antonio's mother passed away in 2018. She also drove a red Mustang. Block didn't know any of this. A local insurance agent gave Antonio a year's worth of free insurance and a nearby college has gifted Antonio with a scholarship, and he now is gonna be going to college. Congratulations, Antonio, doing the good work. Now, here's a story coming out of all of this that I really hope we never have to see again. And I am uplifted by this. Sean Drumgool, and I, I know I'm probably not saying that correctly, Sean, I apologize. Sean has been living in the same Nashville neighborhood for over twenty-nine years, and it, as that neighbor, neighborhood had been gentrified, um, he felt that he, you know, he wasn't—he uh, was more and more the only black man in the neighborhood, and he became just dis- comfortable just watching the neighbors as they would slow down, drive past him slower, these those types of things, uh, and then along came the Ger- George Floyd protests and uh, he saw warnings that uh, were going out in Facebook that people should be cautious of suspicious black men and Sean stopped taking his normal walks around the neighborhood. Eventually he put out a post on Nextdoor and it shared that he, his fear in being able to walk, that he couldn't get out and walk and he, he was afraid to be out on the streets alone in his own neighborhood. Uh, He had the idea. People kept saying they would walk with him, and more and more messages came in, and so he planned a walk, told people where he'd be and when he'd go, and 75 people showed up to walk with him. He was overwhelmed, this is turning into a movement. Other cities have different neighborhoods across the country have reached out to him and saying that they're copying his idea. He started a GoFundMe campaign and has raised over $7,000, uh, and he's going to start doing walks in different cities, first in Philadelphia on July 4th. Uh, he envisions other memorial walks across the country. I love this story. A man who is in one moment afraid to get out of his house because he, he's afraid of what how he may be perceived turns into a man that's creating a social movement and really bringing awareness to the racial injustice and inequities in our country and the fact that now is the time to heal these folks Uh, hear me if you've ever heard anything on this program know that i i am with this movement black lives matter and we are healing the racial injustice the race-based hatred Uh, i'm encouraging everyone to ask what is mine to do in service to healing all of this uh, racial tension and the uh, racial inequity that is still operating in the United States. And there's a lot of powerful people getting behind this. Michael Jordan and the Jordan brand have announced a $100 million donation to organizations dedicated to ensuring racial equality, social justice, and greater access to education. You know, that's one of the biggest pieces of this whole puzzle is that our African-American brothers and sisters were denied a quality education in so many ways. And that that lack of education, uh, that uh, our neglect to make sure that they receive that education is a huge part of what's causing our concerns today. So the Jordan Wings program uh, has been focused on providing access to education, mentorship, and opportunities for black youth facing the obstacles of systemic racism, uh, but we know we can do more. That's from Jordan's statement on June 5th. Uh, he's really stepping up and moving his money into a place that's, that's going to help people that's going to uplift people. Uh, Congratulations, Mr. Jordan. You do it again and again and again. So, and there is real change happening, folks. And it's not just in the money. Uh, it's happening in big corporations and big companies. I want to do a few shout out here, shout outs here today. First up, this is brand new as well. The Quaker Foods Company and PepsiCo. But Quaker Foods announced this week that they will do away and they're going to change the name and the logo of Aunt Jemima Pancake Syrup. Now there are some people that are pushing back against this and saying it's just marketing and it brings back feelings of the old South. However, Quaker themselves admitted and acknowledged the brand's origins are rooted in a racial stereotype, which harkens back to nostalgia for the South in the times of slavery. And so they're doing away with Aunt Jemima as a brand. Now, of course, they're going to keep the syrup and the recipe and all that, uh, and it'll come back and it'll be turned into a different brand. But we're going to do away with that brand. They're also looking at Uncle Ben's and uh, Quaker Oats as well. We'll probably both will both be going through rebranding efforts in the future. Mars on Wednesday said, we recognize that now is the time to evolve the Uncle Ben's brand, including its visual brand identity, which we do will do. As a global brand, we know we have a responsibility to take a stand in helping to put an end to racial bias and injustices. So, uh, right? Quaker Foods, good job. Mars Foods, good job. Uh, And... It continues. ConAgra also last week said that they will, quote, begin a a complete brand and packaging review of Mrs. Butterworth syrup, adding, we stand in solidarity with our black and brown communities, and we can see that our packaging may be interpreted in a way that is wholly inconsistent with our values. I'd get rid of the wishy-washy language there, ConAgra, and come right out and say it. Come right out and say it. This is being interpreted as inconsistent with your values. I think it's inconsistent with the values of America. However, kudos and good job again and again. We're going to see more and more companies and brands take a true stand for equity and equality in our nation. Band-Aid is the next one on our list and their uh, Instagram feed released the, the announcement. We hear you. We see you. We're listening to you. We stand in solidarity with our black colleagues, collaborators, and community in the fight against racism, violence, and injustice. We are committed to taking action to create tangible change for the black community. What they're doing is they're include uh, releasing a line of bandages with a range of different skin tone colors. The bandages will be in light, olive, darker shades of brown, and black tones. It's intended to reflect the diversity of consumers who need bandages. Now, um, there has been a company doing this for a while, so they're not new to the game. Back in 2014, True Color, uh, which is was started by uh, Toby Meisenheimer. Now, Meisenheimer is a white guy. He adopted a black son and wanted to affirm and celebrate his son's identity and created a line of kinesthesiology tape and other bandages and things. Uh, those products have been available In Target stores nationwide since 2018, we trust that Curead bandages are working on a line of skin tone colored bandages as well. So they're next up to say they're on board. And, you know, speaking of Target, Target stores announced this week that they will permanently raise their starting wage for U.S. team members to $15 an hour. So they're really keeping the uh the pay raises they gave during the coronavirus pandemic and not that we're out of the woods yet there folks. So uh but when this all got started, they raised uh wages, they did some uh some bonuses to frontline workers and they're going to continue that as well. So raising their wages to $15 an hour and minimum and bonuses of up to another couple hundred per worker in their uh, distribution centers and frontline store workers. Target CEO Brian Cornell said, everything we aspire to do and be as a company builds on the central role of our team members play. The new minimum wage for US hourly full-time and part-time team members at stores, distribution centers, and firms headquarters is up from $11 in 2017 and $13 set in June of 2019. This is great. Target is investing more and more in their people. Uh, They're investing more and more in paying a living wage. This is going to go a long way to ensuring their viability as a brand and a company in the future. Good work, Target. Thank you very much. Here's another really, really fun one. Ving project. Have you heard of this? Now these folks have been around for a while, about six years now. And what they do is they're a charitable foundation. They raise money and then they give that money to teenagers so that the teenagers can give the money away. Sounds a like a lot, right? Uh, well, youngsters are eligible from the ages of 14 to 18 to submit a two-minute video explaining why they want to give money to someone. It has to be someone outside of their household and their family. And uh, if the if Ving, the Ving project, says yes, then they'll send a thousand dollar check to the, directly to the teen, and then the teen can present it to whoever they nominate. So teenagers out there, uh, I'll make sure to leave links how you can find this. Uh, a whole idea is they're jump-starting a whole new concept of philanthropy, and they're starting with the teenagers, trusting that if teens are given an opportunity to give away this money, They'll find deserving people and it'll instill that belief in philanthropy in the future. So, uh, good work going on here. The Ving project. Let's get the teens giving away some money. All right. Couple more stories here before we wrap up today. First one, a new website, the pandemic of love has connected over 132,000 people in need with aid from those that can help. Now, this has all started, and this has all been in the last uh, few months. So, uh, as of June 4th, the platform's raised more than $13 million, connected 132,000 people with the help they need. It's still operating. You can visit Pandemic of Love to learn more. A Spanish language website has started as well. And it all started from one person's idea. One person had a great idea, Shelly. I know I'm not going to get this right, Shelley Tigelsky. 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 Shelley's doing a great job at uh, getting this started and getting it moving forward. And it all started with her and an Instagram post and a desire to say, "Hey, um, let's connect the people that need help with the people that can help." In the first uh, the first hours, she had over 400 requests for assistance and over 500 offers to help. Uh, and again, now up to over 132,000 people. So check out The Pandemic of Love. Really good work happened in there too. And our final story today, really, I think this one is super important because this goes beyond uh, what's happening right now. And this looks at how we can support people and help them come back after they've been incarcerated, whether due to systemic racism or other reasons. Uh, it's a San Francisco company. They uh, recycle force. And what recycle force does is they recycle le- electronics. However, uh, according to uh, one of their people there, our main mission is not recycling at all. Our mission is to help people that are coming out of jail and prison with training, mental health, drug addiction, housing, and then help them get a job. This was program director Andrew King Uh, We do that through recycling. There's a great video. I'll make sure you have links to all of this. Uh, Former prisoners are really in a difficult situation in our country right now, folks. If you don't know, it it is part of the systemic racism. Uh, There has been a pipeline from school to prisons. And when many of these uh, young men get out of prison, they're not eligible to vote. Uh, they're ostracized from a uh, community because they're a felon or they've got a record it, it's just a really really tough thing to come back and transition back into the workforce you've paid your debt you've paid your due and now let's allow these folks to, to make an honest living and it's tough so kudos 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 to these guys it recycle force uh, you get my vote and I know uh, and there's quotes here that uh, this is by Rob Smith, one of their warehouse managers, Recycle Force gave me a choice and I picked Recycle Force instead of the streets. And I believe it saved my life. That's why I'm here today. Good work guys. Keep it up. You know, folks, there are a million and one great stories happening every day. I know they're out there. They're happening in all of our lives. And I'd love for you to share with us some of the good news that you see happening in the world. I'd like to add a listener segment to this program in the near future. And so if you've been listening, if you hear this and you catch a good news story, hey, drop me an email, revbriz at spiritevolving.com and let me know about what it is that you find. And I will make sure that we get it featured in one of our upcoming programs. Well, thank you all for listening to me this morning, folks. Again, we're going to be publishing this program every Saturday morning, heading into the future and moving our production schedule a little and expanding our format. We we want to cover more stories and we want to give you more of the good news that's happening in the world. Until next time, peace and blessings. Go forth and prosper. You've been listening to And Now the Good News a part of the new thought media network available exclusively at new thought radio. Join us. Patreon.com forward slash new thought radio positively inspiring.